0: Equity work is framed as a necessary burden, but we believe that it's work worth doing. This podcast is all about how to reframe equity work from just fighting injustice to building worth that brings justice, meeting the needs of everyone. Worth, worth. worth. Desmond spent aka the Lux of Light, getting right on the mic, teaching life with that. Worth, earth. worth.
1: The Imaginer, Genius, Awakener, Educator in the art of contemplating. Worth, worth. 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 What. For teachers in the class to focus on the heart of the craft.
0: Worth, work. I'll refrain from the blame and the shame and the pain and the stain because we came from that. Worth, work. What's good, people? Welcome to the Worth, Work podcast. I am Desmond Spann, and today we're talking about human connection. Jesse and I dive into some questions like what's the big idea with human connection? And share a definition from Brene Brown we talk about some practices that can help foster human connection within the classroom and how it relates to uh, equity work and racial justice so sit back relax and enjoy and uh, let's get into it human connection as basically human connection work and i know that When I had my experience with a little drawing on a desk in a classroom I teach in.
1: Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Yes.
0: I might even like make the video a part of the podcast where people can actually hear it and hear me tell the story in my 100% raw form.
1: Yes, yes.
0: The core of what I was experiencing, though, was the aspect of the culture that reminds myself as a person who identifies as Black and that identity has been and uh, and definitely in a lot of ways continues to be dehumanized. Yeah. Which led me to understand like, okay, the core of what I am about and kind of like a theme through all the work that I do creatively and the way that I teach and obviously this podcast. And I think even you know, how I interact um, day-to-day is human connection. And so that's kind of the the impetus of like this work of like, okay, how do we maintain human connection? How do we sustain it? Uh, What's the work that we do within ourselves, within the systems? How do all these themes that we are discussing kind of relate and come back to um, that connection between, you know, me and you or me and them? Yeah. So
1: I think in preparing for this episode, I kept calling it the heart connection episode, and to me, it's like when we're living from our heart, that's when we recognize and see each other's humanity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and with this worth work, this is what we're becoming more conscious of, be increasing our awareness around is seeing each other not compartmentalized, but the whole person. And seeing the the inherent worth in ourselves and each other and recognizing the barriers, whether they're social, whether they're emotional, whether they're from the system, whether they're from our childhood conditioning. Mm -hmm. Recognizing those barriers, a huge one being race. Yeah. And then developing practices to evolve, you know what I mean? To let go of what doesn't help, to hinders, what harms, what we don't need. As human beings, especially, and then as educators, you know, to pass on um, those practices to the youth.
0: Yeah, and it, it's a very interesting um, thing because of like in the systems uh, episode, we were talking about where change begins. Yeah, and I think we also mentioned the word and idea of like revolution, revolutionary.
1: Yeah, we looked at some of those J. Cole lyrics.
0: Yeah the revolution going around in cycles. Like that's Uh, uh. what I'm thinking about in making this kind of work and doing this kind of change is that a lot of the systems and the things that we've designed have been for purposes that are not aligned with human connection that goes beyond the limits of our identity. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. And, you know, in my research, and I mean, I'm not a historian by any means, I don't know if it has been done. Like, I don't think there's a model out there that allows... Allows for all types of humans in the way that we come to identify and walk through the world can still stay connected to each other. That doesn't say that there can't be. It's more of like, that's my lack of knowledge there. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe within, there's other ways of, of being right like and i'm thinking of indigenous cultures that have other ways of beings that that's more holistic that's another word for system <laughs> trying to look at the whole yeah. of how the part how we play our role in it and it's not about making everything work for us but like working with the flow of the whole, of the globe, of the earth, of the land. Yes. Right.
1: Which fosters that human connection, which fosters not only human connection, but connection with the whole ecosystem we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah. You know, there are stories of indigenous groups having conflict with other indigenous groups. Mm-hmm. Humans have conflict. Yeah. Right. And so, and maybe that's another thing that comes up with human connection. Like, what do you think about human connection As like a goal or kind of like a fundamental part of a system and its connection to how uh, conflict is handled.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at conflict, we're protecting what is sacred. Mm -hmm. So what is sacred to us? Is it our land, our territory, our family, our home, relationships? What, whenever what is sacred and meaningful to us is threatened, that can invoke violence in us, provoke violence within to be like, I'll, I'll do whatever's necessary to protect this. Mm-hmm. Getting back to that question, it's like, okay, human connection is feeling the depth of that sacredness being threatened, and then knowing in that other person they have that same impetus. Their behavior is the best way to get their need met of something that they need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to work towards your question, but I don't know if I'm even going there. Um, I think connection requires working
0: through conflict. Yeah. And I think, you know, it it touches on that. We will defend something we value. And even if we don't have it, like we'll reach for something that we value and then something might get in the way that stops us from getting that. And if that happens to be another person, if... We can still see them as a person, and understanding that if they're blocking me from getting what I value, they have a reason to protect what they're defending. Yeah. And if we can see each other, maintain that connection, and then come to the table and be like, okay, here, are, here are the issues, here are the challenges, here's why I value this, here's why you know why we need this, right? And the other side is like, well, here's why we. Eat hold on here's why this and and doing it from a place of like uh, a place of equity in a sense of no hierarchy right my needs are not more valuable needs than your needs but they are needs Mm -hmm. right or you know and i think this is inner work to determine if it's really a need if it's a want or if it's a strategy to fulfill those things yeah that's the other piece that can cause like misunderstanding yeah, and that misunderstanding leads to conflict and contention and all these things. Because a classroom example of like, I know the need for belonging is a need that we all have, students included. So a strategy for me to cultivate belonging is we circle every class. Yep. If for some reason I can't do a circle, like I can't use this strategy, it doesn't mean that I can't still feel the need for belonging i just need to find a different way to do it yeah and this is where like a lot of people kind of get caught up that when they again they say i need to do this particular protocol it's like well no that's the strategy yeah
1: yeah, yeah. what's the
0: need that that protocol fulfills
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right because if you can't do that protocol or you realize in doing that protocol you're causing harm to another person in your classroom then you can go to okay well what's the need that's being served by that protocol yes. how might i adapt to do something else to still fulfill that need yes right so i think that's and that uh, that willingness to adapt to meet someone else's needs i think is the essence of human connection and this whole work
2: the kind of check that you have to have on your mind and spirit right to be aware and ever seeking right When a situation like the young man that I brought up comes up, you got to be able to listen to that and be able to lean into that.
1: I'm hearing like the invitation to grow Mm -hmm. continually, Mm -hmm. to be on that path, to recognize the things that hold us back from each other, to recognize the places in ourselves that we don't want to go. Yeah, And then realize it's safe. We can do this. We build that capacity to subtly lean into whatever has that emotional charge, wherever we feel that in our bodies, mm-hmm. in our work. And I, I mean, I reflect on just a day in the life of teaching. How many times a day do I panic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How many times a day do you panic? How, you? Like, oh, I need to make copies or all oh, this students up out of their seat and they're bothering this student and I need to, uh, you know, the panic. Yeah. Oh, it happens so, so much. And it's not like the goal is to get rid of the panic but is to let go of, okay, the protocol, like you said, to let go of the conditioning of like, a good teacher does such and such and has this classroom management and the class should be doing this if they're good students. To let go of all that, because each class is going to be different. The energy, the students, the needs, Mm -hmm. you know, and seeing the humanity in ourselves and our students in each other, that can birth the creativity. You know, that's where the art form of teaching comes in. Mm -hmm. And man, this process of Doing empathy interviews and interviewing and getting the experiences of each other, this helps to bridge the gap of the separateness. You know, this really helped, I think, build the human connection Uh, for me, you know, interviewing my colleagues and your colleagues.
0: Yeah, I 100% would like relate to that and agree with that. A lot of things are coming to mind in the episode. I think the systems episode probably uh, talked about the power of story and also kind of like the curse of story. Yeah. And the ending the ending, right? Beginning and an ending to stories because they're simulations of reality, never not the actual lived reality. Story powerful and it's the fundamental like ways that we can establish human connection as a way of yeah. what stories do I know about you? Yeah. What stories do you know about me? What stories am I willing to share yeah. about myself?
1: What story do I perceive of you purely based on what my physical eye sees? Yeah. And when we do our step-up camps, one of the first metaphors we introduce to students is the iceberg. Yeah. And we, you know, do the Pictionary. What am I drawing? Mm-hmm. It's a bow. It's, it's an iceberg. And you're like, okay, what can you tell about someone just by looking at them? Mm-hmm. Write that on the surface. Oh, by the way, how much of the iceberg is underneath the surface? Right. 90%. Right. So what is the 90% of you that I don't know about you? Mm-hmm. And why do we, I, owning this, judge based on that ten percent? Right, that's a human thing to do. But to get to that human connection, I gotta know your story. What do you? What music are you into? Yeah. What's your spiritual vibe? Your cultural, religious, your dreams, hopes, fears. Right, all those things that are under the surface. Yeah. Now let's take two bars. Breathe. Align, relax, and shine. This is an invitation to absorb whatever's coming up for you. So let's start with the breath, long, deep, spacious breaths. Line. let your energy come into a state of equilibrium, of balance, and relax my friend, wherever you feel tension. Bring relaxation, the shoulders, the jaw, the body, the thoughts, the emotions. Take a moment to relax. our breath, our alignment, our relaxation, we can't help but shine. Own your shine, my friend.
2: There's an illness when you take one look at a person and go, oh, their skin is darker than mine and therefore she has no value.
0: I want to bring this definition of connection and, you know, human connection uh, from Brene Brown, mm-hmm. Atlas of the Heart. I recommend it. It's a great book for just all this kind of work that we do as teachers. So anyway, here's the definition. Uh, connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength. From the relationship. Mm. The reason I want to kind of put that there, is just because one, I want folks to hear it. Two, it's the idea of non-judgment and judgment is a story, right? And so it's story, again, it's the, it's the fundamental way that we make sense of the world, right? So why we judge based on that 10%? Because we're trying to make sense of the person that's we're sharing space with, yeah, right? To determine, you know, our safety. Friend or foe. Right. You know, on that base level And then it goes from there Like, okay, now can I Friend or foe, ally Like, Mm
2: -hmm. you know
0: Can I be myself? Will you hear me? Will you see me? Will you value me?
1: Can I reveal this aspect of myself?
0: Yeah And this is where For the kind of relationships that we want Like, one of the things you would just casually hear students talk about The idea of like a fake friend
1: All the time
0: Like, they, they, they hate, you know, hate fake friends You know And, like, you'll you'll put them in circles and you ask questions about, like, you know, things you love and things you hate. And you'll hear something that relates to, like, it's like, I don't like fake friends. They're (laughs) capping. Exactly, right? Like, and just this need for authenticity and this need for, like, honesty and the thing as my dad said in a previous episode, or maybe he did say, I don't know if I'll include it or not. But anyway, the truth hurts. The truth hurts. So if you want somebody to be authentic- It'll piss you off. <laughs> right? It's probably going to hurt at some point. But yep. then if you move through that and you stay connected to that individual, you can build a real friendship.
1: Let it hurt.
0: Yeah. Like you can build a real friendship through the struggle. And, like that's, and that allows you to trust that person more because- you've gone through stuff yes right but we try to go through life without going through anything without trying to feel any pain or discomfort because we've been conditioned yeah that that's what happiness is
1: yeah and I mean I'm gonna I don't think we use this quote but Mercedes mentioned listen and lean in mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful practice and I, it makes me think of like when I watch a TV show that has drama in it or I'm reading a book, notice the next time you watch a movie that has like a good storyline. What happens when the conflict comes up is the screenwriters or authors have their characters lean into that conflict. They're mm-hmm. there for that. You know, conflict's coming because conflict makes a dope story. Right. It makes an intriguing story, a story that we feel archetypally, energetically connected with. Right. That's a lesson that I've been taking over the years. It's like, okay, when that conflict comes up, listen lean in this is your story calling you
3: I got lumped in with other groups that I had never really associated with like growing up most of the people I went to school with were Mexican- American but even there like there was enough Indians for them to be like oh you know she's she's Indian but here I've gotten everything from indigenous to African like Ethiopian to like are you latin like people just don't know for like two years i would say just kind of reeled by my lack of understanding and what i was i was at george middle school those two years and like you know that school is very diverse and like kids would come up and talk to me like kids of color especially would come up and talk to me like we had shared knowledge about stuff and I was, I mean, yeah, of course I'm of color, but my experience growing up in Central California was nowhere as, I feel like, as traumatic as theirs is here.
1: So that story was really illuminating for me, white dude. I grew up right outside Portland, zigzag, Mm -hmm. very rural white. So it's like, yeah, you just assume there would be a shared experience Mm -hmm. of people of color. And that comes from my own whiteness, you know, like, do I have shared experience with other white folks? Right. And it's a question for you, too, being in that category of person of colors, like mm-hmm. how either like helpful or damaging are these labels? And I mean, this is, this could kind of be in the racial identity mm-hmm. episode as well. But it's like, how are these labels connecting? How are these labels separating and harmful?
0: I think it's a yes. It's like they can connect and they can separate and harm because it's how they're used. And
1: how they're wielded.
0: Yeah. And kind of saying on the connection piece of it. Right. If I can put my identity, I can say I'm black. I can also say I'm a person of color. Right. I choose to say I'm black most often because it connects me to a human experience that I share with other folks who identify as black, and and then I will say I'm a person of color because it connects me to other folks who identify as people of color and have a shared experience there. I think a shared experience doesn't necessarily mean shared knowledge. The term and the other terms like it, you know, if it's used from that sense of like finding other people to get that sense of value being heard, right, that connection, then you know, let's do that, right? Yes. It's, I'm all for that it becomes problematic and not the term itself. It's when you identify so much with the term, I guess, that you can't find a connection with another person. I feel you. You
1: know what I mean? I feel you. Like,
0: I think that's, and and this is where like it all connects, like the systems make that hard because that just conditions us into a certain way. And there are stories, there's healing that needs to happen. There are conversations that need to happen that will allow a person like myself who has within my body internalized racism. It takes more work for people around me who don't identify with me through the racial lens to make me feel safe, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I ask them to do this work? No. But if people I mean you, you if you're listening to this, you'll probably in a, an extent to like for my experience, lived experience, how it shows up it being internalized racism is just all the thoughts and even bodily sensations that I have to navigate to connect with another human being that I don't instinctually perceive as a safe space due to, you know, physical appearance. Because again, I'm a human just like everybody else, right? You go and you look for yourself, reflections of yourself to be like, oh yeah, that's like me, I can be, you know, you assume, right, that this is gonna be a safe space until it's proven otherwise. And so if I don't see, and again, speaking for me personally, if I am not seeing my white colleagues around doing the work, it's hard work, don't get me wrong, right? But doing this worth work, where like, okay, it's hard. It's like you come in and, and you're questioning. It's it's in constant. It's you're dealing with your ego because the ego can take over your judgment of what, what you think you need and want.
1: Yeah, who you think you are. Who I'm you th- that good white person. Right. I'm on your team.
0: Right. And so anything that comes in that challenges that sense of self. And if you don't know how to accept that challenge as a way to, again, continue to do the work and to level up. Mm-hmm but you fight against it. If you're not in these spaces and I'm not seeing you do it, I will be cordial with you when I see you. But when it comes down to like, oh yeah, I'm triggered again. I may, I mean, well, let me speak real honestly like for me I'm at this point in my life too where it's like okay I'm just going to speak my truth and then how people respond will dictate what I say next or what I do next
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: if the vibe is like yep okay I hear you and you I'm listening and I value what you're saying and it's hard and you're feeling you're feeling I'm feeling or you know you know like we're, you're holding that space with me in these you know vulnerable moments that I'll have and put out there then I know that okay this is somebody that I can connect with yeah. on this level I mean I actually had this experience it was like last school year one of the check-in questions you know small little breakout room virtually and you know a question of like you know how's it going essentially I don't know what the actual question was but I was in the midst of it I mean it was like the full level protest and like I was hearing about black men kind of beaten nearly to death, like in the neighborhood I live in. Like it was the the height of like racial tension around George Floyd and Black Lives Matters and, and we're the in the rest. pandemic. Yeah, and the pandemic, right? So, you know, like I was just real, like, yeah, like I'm here and I'm doing the work. I'm I'm here to do this PD and whatever. But you know, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm like fearing for my life in this particular moment. Shared this with my colleagues in the check-in and they're like, yeah, that's hard. Okay, so what were we supposed to do here? Were we supposed to, like, do this, that, or the other? It's like, oh, uh, okay. Back to the protocol. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, it was, you know, it's like, okay. So I know now. This is how much... I know I can't go there with these two.
1: Did you hear me? <laughs> you know, that's right. it's like.
0: It's like, I literally said, like, yeah, I'm, like, kind of fearing for my life. And I was like, yeah,
1: okay, well, what are we supposed to do?
0: What's the next thing we're supposed to do? Like, we're supposed to look at the, this thing. and And no, like, I have no ill feelings towards the individuals that you know responded this way it's just if we were conditioned for human connection there's at least a moment of like hey you good or like i know we're supposed to do this but like
1: let's talk about it yeah what what are your needs yeah or like yeah what would have been helpful for you
0: i think just an acknowledgement because I, i wasn't necessarily looking for like for someone to kind of do the Like, oh my God, it's so I understand it's so hard for you. And you know, just like just a genuine acknowledgement of just like, yeah, I just shared something that's like real and heavy and that warrants a hey. It's like, yeah, I know we're supposed to do this, but maybe it's like, are you good? It's like, yeah, I'm I'm good. Thank you for listening. And then boom, moving on. Yeah. Like it could have been just that.
1: Just a simple acknowledgement validation.
0: Right. Because a willingness, I guess just a willingness to hold space for a person when they need to That's just it. process.
1: That's it right there.
0: Stop the whole program. Stop what you're doing in your classroom. If there if like if the people in the room aren't good on just a human level. Yes. And I mean not good as in like moralistically just like like you good? Like you alright? Like are you are you are you able to be present here?
1: Yes. And I, this, okay, this makes me want to put in another clip for when I interviewed the two college students
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we had this spot called The Spot mm-hmm. in McDaniel the last, well, since I started four years ago. And I, it existed before that by my man, Elias, formerly known as Jeff.
3: Elias got a special
2: place in my heart okay. <laughs> He just had a way of connecting with students and making you feel like a person. Mm. The spot he would always emphasize was ours. Mm-hmm. He was just, his stuff was just there. He would always emphasize, like, this is your space. And it really was. It really was. And that's what made it feel like. That's why I miss it. That was the only spot in the building where I felt like I belonged, I guess. Yeah. My mm-hmm. classrooms were a hard place to be in that year.
1: This was a place where you could come and check in. Are you good? Right. He was that dude. And and Glenn is another dude who works at a, other couple schools. And he was in the spot early on where it's like, are you good? Mm-hmm. How do you need to get good? Right. Do you need to talk? Do you need to clear your mind and do this puzzle? Do you need to listen to some music? Do you need to get your homework done before you go to class so you don't have to have that kind of. Over your head Yeah We don't have the spot anymore Right It wasn't prioritized There's a student right now Who I have struggling With mental health issues There's not a place for Them to go In our school To say Are you good Right I want to check in With all 28 of my students Are you good Are you good That's the circle helps Right But what do you do When a student's like Not good In the circle Mm -hmm. You take time to validate You know You let go of the curriculum for the day. You invite the other students to offer their support and genius and gifts. You know, Mm -hmm. this is going against the grain. Yeah, of how we're conditioned as educators to quote do school. Yeah, it's being more prioritized. I think it shifted a little bit with the pandemic, but we're trying to go right back to Mm -hmm. this like get stuff done. The system is demanding productivity. Right. What are practices? That can harness this human connection. Some came from the clip Mm -hmm. when Mercedes said, my anger is precious. Mm -hmm. Practicing making all of our emotions precious. My sadness is precious. My joy is precious. Yeah. My anger is precious.
0: It's like it's all for you. Like all the emotions are for you.
2: I think one of the powerful equity lessons for me personally, as you're saying, right? Because it was a personal lesson was that my anger is precious. And... It's not that my anger is wrong or that it's bad, right? Like, there are certain things that I need to be able to do in this place. There are certain conversations that I need to have. There's certain injustice that I don't want to turn a blind eye to.
0: Another thing that comes up is that we feel as adults that we're supposed to save our kids. And it's not what we're here to do.
1: Talk to us.
0: You can save in a, like, in a state of emergency of like, oh, don't get hit by a car. Okay, there's that. You act to move something immediately out of harm's way. I think if we had the habit of just giving people the space they need to get good before we moved forward. From my experience, people are more good than bad. Like We're more okay than In a state of crisis all the time. And again, this is just, you know, and again, this, you know, everybody has their own individual experience and you have your things that you're dealing with and mental health and they don't know everybody in this individual's lived experience. But what I would say is that like kind of just with a randomized selection of students, nothing is perfect But more often than not, like kids are capable of handling what they're going through if we give them the space to really acknowledge what they feel Mm -hmm. and the language to speak to it, the language to speak to the needs. Yeah. Right. Like if we are really helping them understand themselves, then they become fully capable of the learning we're asking them to do, of solving problems within their own lives to the best of their ability, Asking for help when they know they need help. Yes. Right? Like they're capable of it because humans are capable of it and they're humans. Yes. Right? It's just when we don't give them what they need as humans spaces to be heard, to be felt, to be seen then they do what we do, which is we try to coerce to get our needs met. Yeah. We try to go around. We're always on guard to see. You know, who's really on our side. We're afraid to let anyone in. We're afraid to share our stories, our lived experiences, to confess our mistakes, though mistakes are the best ways that we learn. So, you know, in the practice of human connection, do you know the stories of your students? Yes. Do you know your stories that you share with students? And when that unpredictable scenario hits your classroom, Do you feel comfortable to share your authentic experience? That's it. And do they feel comfortable to share their authentic experience? That's
1: it.
0: To the level that they feel willing to share what they really go through. Mm -hmm. That's the level of human connection that you have in your classroom, in your building. Right. And as a person that's, again, trying to live all this stuff and be like, be an example and just learn myself. It's like, when I told my impact story, that was hard. (laughs) It was hard to do. I just knew it needed to happen because of if I can start this idea of like finding ways to just put these stories out there, and they don't have to always be you know, tragic and based off of Mm, hurt. They can be other kinds of stories. And to tell you the truth, it's like I was thinking about making another story or like another video, right? Kind of just talking about, you know, the other side of it. Yeah. And I'm afraid, I'm more afraid to do that now. Wow. Yeah. Because anger is the catalyst, right? Like I was like, ah, I just did it because I knew it to be done and it was hard and, and I did it and I put it out there. I don't have that catalyst now. I'm not angry. Yeah. When... You hear examples or see examples of like, okay, somebody, and this is a Portland experience because we kind of have like the, you know, quote unquote, passive aggressive. And I think the fundamental passive aggressive thing to do is face to face and be like, yes, I hear that. I really feel you and empathize with that. And then behind your back, say some other stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And I think that again, from my own experience, like I had a friend in the community, not so much in the school, but in the community, like I told Again, just raw like honest, here's the impact of this all this racialized tension going on back in 2020 2021 and I like put it out there and since then try to reach out just like on some other like hey, you know what you do? Let me check out and it's like no context since then, right? Yeah. And it's like when you leave yourself open like that to somebody that then you were like, "Oh yeah, I consider this person a friend." But then after that moment, you know, where they expressed some discomfort in like what I was sharing, but not in a way that was like like, oh, like we're gonna chop it up. Just more like, oh yeah, you know, I just got a da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, oh, oh, now I'm not hearing back from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's like, ah, uh, okay. It's it's that kind of thing. And again, no ill will towards this person. Um and so but again that is something i have to navigate right yeah and and decide whether i'm going to be brave and still do the things that i'm doing mm-hmm. or succumb to the fear and and not do them
1: no doubt i mean i see you expanding your your capacity to to be vulnerable and willing to share your humanity. Cause I remember when you shared the story about the N word being written on the desk, Mm -hmm. the teacher part of me doesn't want to tell my students, the human part of me wants to share my story. Yeah. And you chose that human part of you.
0: Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think I knew I was going to tell my students, but I didn't know, um, yeah i mean i knew i was going to talk to my students about it anyway because i think like that that's just kind of teacher i am but it was more about talking to my colleagues that was it
1: Mm.
0: like like me and the students you know we'll have our different things that we're we're working through because they're students and i'm an adult and all that right just that relationship that dynamic there's maybe been maybe a few like on one hand a student that's like all right I'm going to watch what I say around you. But for the most part, every, you know, students are great as far as just like holding, being able to like handle uh, authentic expression.
1: Yeah. So going back to step up, I, I feel lucky that I got to be a step up advocate before an educator because I learned a lot of these, you know, I'll put up in this episode as humanizing practices. Yeah sharing stories one of them in our metaphor is emptying the cup yeah so, you know life experiences fill our cup if it's filled to the brim we're either going to react or withdraw right. blow up or break down mm-hmm. so we did that storytelling in like a camp structured context but taking it into the classroom this year i shared with my colleagues who are all english teachers for ninth grade and we uh I decided, hey, i'm gonna do this at the beginning of the year to like share my story, my struggles the 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 general structure of it, five struggles, five achievements, mm-hmm. but it's like I went in like these are the people I've lost in my life who are meaningful to me here's Mm. The chronic illness that my wife got and how that changed our life, but Mm. how these good things came out of it Here's why I don't have children yet, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just like the stuff that makes me cry
0: Right, right
1: And I'm like, I know if I talk about this, tears are going to flow So the idea was to empty my cup and literally I'm like pouring water in my cup and then pouring it out You know, because then we have to have those practices to empty our cup So Mm -hmm. we can make room for the beauty, the joy, the goodness, right? Yeah. So, and then give students their space to write, to empty their cup and write. And like some of them went in and there's like, here's all the the stuff that's like, you know. And you have to tell them I'm a mandatory reporter. So any intent to harm or abuse, I have to report, right? Yeah. But man, like one student in particular in my hip hop lit class, after I shared my story, they were like, can I talk to you in the hall? I'm like, sure. In the hall. I'm not going to lie. I judged you when I came in this class. I'm like, white dude teaching hip hop lit. Not cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get that. But after you shared your story and you shared like how writing hip hop, poetry, creating songs has helped you heal from some of your worst losses. I was like, okay, now mm-hmm. I see you. And, I, and and she was like, I'm sorry for judging you. And I just thank you for sharing your story. I probably would have transferred out of this class mm-hmm. and let If you didn't share your story like that today. Yeah. And now we're like, you know, really tight, but it's like, that's the power of vulnerability. Right. It's our superpower really as a teacher, Mm -hmm. but there's always that risk. Yeah. And that, that's it.
0: The human connection piece of like, you take risk to gain relationship, like, and to get to like a depth of a relationship. Matter of fact, there's, there's this book connection. There's always books because, you know. Reading is fundamental, kids.
1: Work worth practice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Reading. Uh, while I'm finding this book uh, and the quote from it, I want to say this: we say share stories, right? Another idea is to share our scenes, right? Where you know a scene is a small part of like a larger story, mm. and if we create, and I mean I literally just had this idea now in connection to other things that I'm doing, but. If something as simple as a judgment about someone is a story, because when you judge somebody, whether it's good or bad or whatever, you're making a simulation in your mind, especially if you're doing moralistic judgment about that person's worth. Simulation is not real. And if we shared, and I guess I went to judgment because it's the simplest way to kind of get to the short scene idea of it. But if we share the scenes, these like, quick interpretations of our lives a memory we had from the weekend like and i think that's what we do in circles when we're saying like you know I'll, I'll do something that just really it's like okay give me three words you know give me a small word a medium word a big word and have like a little oberman orb or whatever it's called you know those little expanding things that you pull apart and then tell, tell us why right and it's like, oh yeah i pick you know sleep because yeah i haven't really been getting a lot of sleep lately it's like okay that's a scene Right. And then as a teacher, when I hear a student saying, like, I'm not getting a lot of sleep, I can go check in and try to see what's the story behind that scene. Mm. Right. And, or when students share again, things on, like, yeah, I'm just, you know, here, baseball or a softball game, because I'm nervous about softball. I want to know if I really want to do it or not. It's like, okay boom, softball. That's a scene, right? Now I can go check on the student about like, hey, so how are you feeling about softball? You think you're going to keep it up? Yeah. Right? To get more of the story.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think there could be a distinction about just like, maybe it's a story conversation. How many conversations are you having with other people about the stories in their lives? Yeah. You know? Mm. So it's not a conversation of like, Did you finish this thing or will you turn this in? Are you going to be here tomorrow? It's not not a conversation about process, protocol or attendance. It's a conversation about a story happening in their life and providing them an opportunity for it to be heard. It's powerful. If we can provide opportunities for our stories to be heard, for our scenes to be heard and design for that. In our systems, education system, then it becomes much harder to dehumanize someone else intentionally.
1: Yes. You're giving me ideas for Slam Poetry Unit. Yeah. Coming up. <laughs> that's dope. That can be like the storytelling scenes, humanizing. Because that's the dope thing about being an English teacher. Part of what attracted me to be an English teacher is the storytelling aspect. Yeah. You know, you can be like the, the guardians of the stories that if students open up and write about in their narratives or essays.
0: That's kind of why I chose it as well. Just because it was also, you know, like, you know, if I could teach a philosophy class, like in high school, I might do that too. Cause that's interesting. All right. Here's what I wanted to share from the book. It's called, uh, connect, connect, building exceptional relationships with family, friends, and colleagues by Carol Robin, PhD. All right. Exceptional relationships can be developed. They have six hallmarks. One, You can be more fully yourself. So can the other person. Mm. Two, both of you are willing to be vulnerable. Three, you trust that self-disclosures will not be used against you. Four, you can be honest with each other. Five, you deal with conflict productively. And six, both of you are committed to each other's growth and development. Mm. if we designed education around that yeah if that's what education was for
1: giving people the ability to cultivate exceptional relationships yo i'm bringing it back to step (laughs) to step up again when i was an advocate i had a supervisor and part of the feedback would be she would say this and this is shout out to marisol she would say okay i'm gonna give you some feedback based on the observation, and let's take a moment to breathe. This is my highest self speaking to your highest self. Oh, yeah. And that just switched my whole vibe to be like, oh, I want to hear what you have to say now. All right. When, when teachers have observed me, I mean, administrators, and in, in my my six years of teaching now, mm-hmm. that hasn't, it's usually just a quick fill out the protocol evaluation. Mm-hmm. There's not like that human to human time yeah. to connect. But imagine if like we... Incorporated those principles to cultivate the highest quality of human relationship.
0: Yeah. Like, first and foremost, because, like, all the things that need to get done to make society work depend on the quality of human relationships and the quality of human connection. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to connect to every single one on this highly exceptional level. Yeah. Right? but. There might be a few people you get all six with, but there, you know, we can create a system where maybe we get like at least one, right? No like, doubt. like maybe, let me see, let me see. We could possibly deal with conflict productively, right? Yeah.
1: Let's make that the standard. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> and display it to our students. Right. Like if I have a conflict with another teacher uh-huh. and students can see that, it's like, how beautiful would it be to like display how to deal with conflict? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It also makes me think of during the distance learning how we would have Wednesdays to meet as an advisory so you're just building relationships with students. Mm. I was scheduling one-on-ones with students to help them with their work, also relational connect time. We're having like longer like PLC or PD or just time with our colleagues. Yeah. That was like a the connection day to kind of work on, you know, all of that. Yeah. And to breathe a little bit. Yeah. And not have that like productivity, systematic energy driving our school day. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's like that moment mm-hmm. I was come kind of coming back to where you, where, um, you and Madi Soul yeah had like I think that could be a practice as well. You know, and the concept of like okay, you good, I'm good, we good. Okay, it's not even so much like my good self coming. You know, speaking to your good self. Like, but just the idea of like okay, let's going to take a moment and just recognize that we're worthy we have value yeah right we're here and everything that i'm offering to you as feedback is coming out of my best attempts to be committed to your growth and development
1: switches the vibe
0: right development and i recognize that that though especially if it's admin related right like though i'm in, i serve you in the position of admin you don't serve me i offer this feedback in service to your growth in your career, not so you can prove yourself to me. And I mean, and I don't think there's policies that make it so top down, but because the, the fault is the top down, right? Who has the most power in the system? Like who can speak over the intercom and interrupt everybody's class? Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, that's the default. So if we don't speak to the truth, which is human to human connection, we have value. There's no hierarchy in this value.
1: Yeah.
0: In the roles that we serve or fill are meant to be in service to others. Yeah. Especially in education. Yeah. I teach to serve students. Yeah. Right. And administrators should, and you know, administrate to serve students, teachers, the stakeholders. Yeah. Right. To manage the messes. Right. And
1: their supervisors need to pour into them. There right. needs to be this balance. You right. know what I mean? And, you know, I think that's part of the burnout. Yeah. If you last five years in the game, you're considered like, oh, you made it past five years. That's mm-hmm. what's up. Like, what's that percentage of teachers that don't make it past five years? I know it's a large percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, some of the practices that are kind of gleaning from our whole conversation is we talked about circling up, and that a whole nother episode could be. RJ restorative justice yeah. you know that that's like a style of of repairing harm um, acknowledgement circles big um, acknowledge and validate each other and that connects the story we're acknowledging and validating each other's stories so mm-hmm. taking time to get the scenes to know the story, so that, that practice could be like if I, if I can learn the scene that could follow up with the story mm-hmm. um, give each other space to be human I don't have to save you you don't have to save me mm-hmm. but it helps mm-hmm. to give each other space just to acknowledge each other's humanity mm-hmm. uh, and then feel the emotions that comes back to our inner work you know the importance of the preciousness of anger yeah it's the like preciousness of all the emotion
0: Go yeah ahead. space to space to feel like really. space to feel because i mean i guess when we talk about human connection it's like being in that space all humans feel all humans have needs of humans need to belong
1: mm-hmm.
0: right need for uh love like when i say human connection it's love like that that's that's Let's what is. Let's make no mistake about it. <laughs> like, it's love. But because, you know, love, again, is is kind of like, it's a big word. It's a big four-letter word. I think human connection brings it down a little bit to something that we can start wrapping our mind around and having some practices to match the, the theory. Mm. welcome to keywords and phrases freestyle edition jesse what are our keywords
1: let's mess with these man circle acknowledge validate feel emotion story tell not here to save each other scenes space to feel and belonging mm. so uh give me space to be
0: space to breathe space to see what's inside of me that energy Connected to a cheat, defeating an enemy That space to feel, space to deal
1: Come together with space to heal Come together in a circle, it might look like an oval I just wanna see the total you, see the total me uh, To me that's a definition, what it means to be free Like a turtle shell on the back Trying to reveal the things in syntax I wanna soften up the heart piece so we can find the real peace, you feel me? I lean in to another tale,
0: another story to tell. Well, but if you fail, we should hear those tales as too. Tales as due Rocking over here, never stopping. Not trying to be mocking, cause that's the first step to uh, dehumanize. Open up the eyes.
1: Yeah, like an eye. I... I move in a circle See the crown chakra That's purple or violet We the opposite of violet Be silent when I need to So I can see myself and I can see you Ooh, It's getting clear without the fear Look in the mirror, what's up right here?
0: Right here inside the iris Try to rise like Osiris Don't stop, cannot be defiant But if the system is compliant to my destruction We come together to do something And that's how humanity functions We meant to be here We meant to fight back against these fears
1: Deliriousness, yes, it makes me think of this White man syndrome Let me save you Let me speak for you Let me have the power over you I know the best thing to do Dude, let it go You don't have to mansplain It's okay bro, gotta feel the pain That's the way, the way to change Rearrange your mental mind frame Know what I'm saying? And I'm saying that this is the end of the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: I am Desmond Span.
1: I'm Jesse Gardner.
0: And uh, as always, genius over doubts.
1: God status.
0: Deuces. Peace. See you in the next one.